There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Wannabe podcast where you can get a behind the scenes look at the opportunities available in the creative and entertainment industries. All so that you can get to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. I am, of course, your host, Imriel Morgan. This is a special Black History Month mini series that we've put together for you. I would like to give a huge, huge, huge thank you to the Social Mobility Commission who have helped us pull this mini series together and allowed us to use their research and reports to help inform us of the issues around education, achievement, and attainment. With this in mind, Content is Queen is proud to present you with the Black Kings this season. Now, I promise you every episode that this podcast will be a behind-the-scenes look at the creative and entertainment industry. This week's guest will be a familiar face to former Hollyoaks fans. I need for you to get to know Luti Fagbenley, because if you don't know him by name, I have no doubt you're intimately familiar with his work. This man's resume is endless, so I'll start at the beginning. Luti started out in the entertainment industry first by playing Simba in The Lion King on the West End and eventually becoming a series regular in Hollyoaks. Luti has always been interested in film, music and filming and produced Nike Midnight Madness with Channel 4 and a number of award-winning shorts and documentaries. He is the founder of Luti Media, which is an established name in the music industry and behind some of the most groundbreaking music videos of this decade, including Drake's Nice For What, Iggy Azalea's Fancy, and the record-breaking Best Song Ever by One Direction. Oh, and let me not forget, he was also behind Beyonce and Jay-Z's On The Run 2 Jamaican film interlude. So for you Beyonce stands out there, you probably know that one. In today's episode, you'll learn all about ambition, drive, and motivation. You'll find out how to get your foot in the door by paying your dues. You'll uncover some of the sacrifices you might have to make to be exceptional in entertainment, but also how to stretch your goals and visions beyond what you set out. I will not waste any more of your time. Let's get into this. Who did you want to be before you became who you are today and why? Good question. There's two answers. Michael Jordan. Oh. That was my first. Yeah, I want to be Mike. Can you jump? And then, <laughs> not at all. And I'm pretty short. So this is <laughs> this is a short-lived dream. And then Rupert Murdoch. But like oh. not the evil one. Not the evil one. Like the good Rupert Murdoch. What version is that? The early years? If you don't know, he basically controls the world. No. Yeah. No, he runs the <laughs> biggest media company in the world, right? Well, certainly when I was studying media and coming up, that was like the dude. Yeah. And so... I love the idea of having a running a conglomerate, a vertically integrated media conglomerate and being the guy who's running it. I decided to take a different path. And what path was that? I am a filmmaker. I am a, a mentor. I am a daddy. <laughs> and uh, I'm a universe explorer. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, 
yeah, not, don't have world domination as the top priority anymore. Fair enough. That's probably good for everyone, I think. But not because you're a bad person, just because world domination in power in any one person's hands is probably not a great idea. Hey. You are in film and music videos and all things television. How did that start? Like, what what was the inspiration to get you there? Prior to the podcast, you said something about seeing as believing. And I mm. think um, the thing I'm probably best known for is like making like these massive music videos. And actually, it was seeing a young duo, black director and producer, Lorraine French and Ben Peters, shooting a music video on film in like some hip hop video. I think it was for Jammer, funny enough. Back in oh, the wow. day, I'm talking about 15, 16 years ago. And I was just, I was so impressed because I was working in Hollyoaks at the time. I was one of the actors in Hollyoaks and, you know, it was a pretty big TV show at the time. And we shot on tape, you know, but these guys were shooting on film. That's what they shoot movies on. I was gassed. I was like, wow. And they were just killing it. And the video looked dope. And I was, I was speaking to them like, yo, how, t- tell me, what, what do you do? And I was like, all right, yo, if, if these guys can do it, I want to do this. Because at the time, I made a couple of videos for Channel U and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, wow. But this that was a, a throwback. whole... Yeah, shooting on film and stuff, that was like what we would call MTV bass quality. You know what yeah. I mean? This is like legit. And I was like, yeah, I'm definitely inspired to to take that and do more of it. And so um, that was kind of the beginnings of the company that I made called Luti Media. Obviously, taken from my name, Luti. Yeah. But yeah, it started by seeing one of our own, someone I could relate to, you know, actually doing that thing. Yeah, it's so important. It's so impactful. Like knowing that someone like you can enter a space has the ability to just completely unlock that space in your mind of like oh actually I never thought of that before but I can see that I can be there now so powerful what was school like for you I'm curious oh mad I was obsessed with basketball and I was pretty freaking good at basketball so that was kind of like my confidence that was like my thing or whatever whatever but you know uh I kind of lived in the shadow of my very cool very popular brother so I sort of uh, developed a little mean boy, short man syndrome. Uh, so I didn't really have many mates, but the girls like me and I like them. So that was, <laughs> that was me in school, basically. I remember when we, uh, I chose PE for my, one of my GCSEs and uh, there was only two options. Well, there was only one option, which is football, basically. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not into football. I play basketball, but the girls are doing netball. So I said, well, I'll do netball then. So, what? Every, so <laughs> Sorry, twice what? a week, twice a week, I'd be running around with all the girls. The first week, the boys tried to laugh at me. <laughs> oh my God. Like, but the rest of the time, <laughs> I was laughing story? at them because I was just running with the girls. It was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> that was just and I worked on my jump shot. <laughs> oh, my free throw. You can't jump in netball tonight. Netball's whack. I didn't know that you were allowed to do co-ed netball to be honest this is the first i'm hearing of this no you know what the school knew i had a problem with like i was about basketball like i'd written to like the pe teachers to say yo can you open up the school an hour early before school so i can shoot in the gym because i was like on it like i was that guy so when it was like oh do football do netball i was like no i'm gonna do basketball or you have to put me on the netball team (laughs) i couldn't obviously compete but hey that's brilliant where was that drive coming from? I mean, not every kid is so motivated to write to their teachers to ask for, you know. Yeah, you know what? It's a combination of my mum and my brother. 
My mum is a, a trailblazer herself and, you know, she rewrites rules wherever necessary. You know, she's lived an incredible life and she certainly gives me that warrior spirit. And then my brother as well is very pragmatic and, you know, he's very learned. You know, he would read books about Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and he would, he would he kind of drop me these gems of wisdom that he was like soaking up. And I looked up to him like God. So I took all that stuff to wow. heart. So when he was like, yeah, imagine like you out there shooting hoops. And you get tired, you go inside, and there's a kid somewhere in Pennsylvania, and he stays outside and takes another 10 shots. And it's, it's like that kind of mentality, like you have <laughs> to go harder than the competition. Wow. And especially like a short guy trying to play basketball, I knew the odds were against me. So I knew I had to just be a psychopath. I had oh to go God. harder than anyone else. And so that was my, my mantra. Until I got injured and it was really like, okay, oh no. playing basketball was really actually hurting you. Maybe I can change lanes. So I did. So with starting your own company, having done it twice now myself, it's really difficult. Did you just find that you had like quite good connections because of the work you were doing on Hollyoaks? Did you use your network in that way? Or what was the process of starting out and like bringing in the first clients as it were? No, it was much more immediate for me, the circle of people that I got to be my first clients. Like one of them was my old basketball coach. He asked me to edit like mm. a DVD for him because he was doing these basketball tournaments with Nike. And then one of them was like this kid I grew up with. Again, we used to play ball together. He happened to be an RB singer and he wanted to make a music video. And then another one was like, oh, my friend was this magician and I'd gone to this event with the streets and kind of networked through there. I was like, yo, yo, I make music videos. I make music videos. So I, I really just hustled really with my immediate circle. Nice. The one from my basketball coach. He asked me to edit a DVD and it was nuts. Basically, whoever was the best in this basketball tournament got to fly to America and play against, like, you know, in front of scouts and all this stuff. And it was like, yo, this is like X Factor, but for basketball, like some street baller from the UK can get a chance to be in this tournament, go all the way to America, potentially play in front of a scout who can scout him to a college, you go to a college, you go to NBA. This is the X Factor of basketball. And I took that and I pitched it to Channel 4 and they bought into it. I was like, well, that was my that was my first ever Looty Media job. Now the idea of walking into Nike and Channel Four and pitching them Amazing. to show my chest that when I knew nothing, that would be it's hugely intimidating now. But back then, I didn't even know that <laughs> no was a possibility or have anything to lose. So it was just like, go. How did you know who to go to, who to pitch to? Like, where did that knowledge come from? It's just so it was just so immediate. It was just like, okay, I'm going to go to Channel Four, and I thought, okay, I can't go directly to Channel Four. But they do this thing called T4. So I contacted the company that made T4 who happened to be around the yeah. corner. Like, you know, say CM is believing. I, where my office was, my little one-bedroom flat, Yeah, their offices, big company, was like down at the end of the road. So I called them up and I was like, oh, we're creating this TV show. We're oh, doing wow. a collaboration with Nike and blah, 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 blah. Nike had never even heard of us. Nike just was just was just dashing money to this you know young black guy in the hood who was doing these basketball tournaments oh for the God. kids to keep him <laughs> off the streets. And I was like, yeah, we're doing a Nike project, and they were like, okay, come have a meeting. So then I pitched them the thing. They were like, great. Oh my God. And then go back to Nike. You're like, oh, we've got this TV company interested. <laughs> you know, oh, it's kind of like audacity. It's amazing that how you break the catch twenty two. You know, you, you go to one person, you say you got the other. Go to the other person, say you got the first person, and they both like, oh my God, <laughs> this is great. Oh, I like this tip. <laughs> Nike's a big company. They can't call Mister Nike and say, have you heard of? I'm gonna try like, it. Come on, man. I'll let you know how I get on with that. <laughs> you know? may not work the same. Make it till you make it. Come on, man. It's true. That's true. <laughs> you heard it here first people you just have to you have to finesse 
At what point in the growth of your company did you feel like at ease and content with your success and your progress? That's a hilarious question. Never, not till now. Even now? Nah, you know what? There was definitely a period. I would say maybe about eight, nine years in, I was like, this would be awesome if I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> just like if I had all the other people run it for me. And I tried that. <laughs> yes, for that's while. what I'm waiting it for. Kind of, it went okay. It wasn't that sustainable. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think you got to understand. I started a company like, I know whatever, I was in Hollyoaks and all this other stuff, but I was like, I was broke. I was like basically bankrupt from a tax bill and started this thing. I was homeless living in the office. Like I lived in the office. I didn't have a bed. I had a sofa. I didn't have a blanket. I had a curtain. And I lived and ate and breathed this work life. I didn't have a salary. didn't have an income. It's just literally someone come in. They want to do a a copy of a tape and that would give me £12 to go buy a a meal down the street. It was literally hand to mouth for years. Even when like we started to make a bit more money, we could get a slightly bigger office. I went and mm. just got a two-bedroom flat instead or a three-bedroom flat instead. And I still lived inside the office. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So, at a point now when I'm meeting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a real thing. So at the point where like I'm not having a meet with my accountant, it's like, oh, you should pay yourself like the salary and dividends. And I was like, oh, how much should I pay myself? But when I got to that point, and then when I had my own house, mm. I was like, we made it. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I made it, Mama. I made it. I'm paying rent. That is really. I'm paying rent. And there's no. I wake up. I don't have to like air out the 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 room because I've got staff and clients walking in the next second. Oh my you know what I mean? Like I lived <laughs> inside this, and people just thought it was an office. No, I lived there. Uh, yeah, and so by the time I had my own flat, I had all the cinema room, I had all kinds what? of things. Cinema yeah, room? Man. Oh, you really like you went from like zero to hero and like hell yeah, man, just like that. Driving, <laughs> driving nice car and living that life. Okay, yeah, you start to think, yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Amazing. That's but obviously so good. those material things don't equate success, of course. I mean, they're a good benchmark for a lot of people, though, aren't they? Like, money yeah. does matter, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And yeah, it is that kind of physical display of security uh-huh. and those tangible things that, that people, I guess, look for when they when they speak about success. But I guess you probably also look at it probably more spiritually as well and, like, 
being proud of the work that you're producing. Are there any pieces of work that you're just like, mm, I took this for the job. I'd probably be okay with my name not being on that anymore. I'm going to say over 50%, bro. <laughs> now, um, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I've, I've run a business, right? Mm. And for years, as I said, we started off copying like tapes and DVDs. So I'm associated with a bunch of turd projects, like stuff that was literally <laughs> just, oh, we needed to edit this DVD menu. Like we did everything under the sun. And then even beyond that, as we grew into like this production company who represents a wide range of directors, we had like young up and coming directors and big superstar directors. And a big part of that actually is is taking risks, finding young people, finding young talented people who have a spark, who have a glimmer, who have a, something unique about them and going off and trying to develop them as talents. And mm. Some of them made some incredible things and went on and nominated for BAFTAs and do all kind of madness. And some of them were rubbish. And you just got <laughs> you just got to walk that road. I'm very proud of the vast, vast majority of work that I've personally been involved with. How do you find that balance of being close to projects, doing the creative work, and then also being like the managing director of of a company with real tangible administrative responsibilities? Yeah, um, I suppose they somewhat go hand in hand, right? So mm. as a creative, I guess your aspiration is to make the dopest art possible. Yeah. As a managing director, the aspiration is to make perhaps the most profitable company possible. That's not the only option, but yeah. it's certainly one that's at the forefront of most managing directors. But funny enough, is running like a music video company, if you make the dopest, most creative stuff, you attract the most um, attention to your work, to yeah. your talent, and get you know more and more offers, which makes more money. So those two things kind of go hand in hand. The administrative side of it, yeah, I suppose it's a different art. What I ended up learning through being a producer is that the business side of it sometimes can be just as creative as the, the creative side of it. And it's wild saying that. But yeah, I mean, it is. So doing a commercial for big, big brands, right? And they've got all these celebrities in the commercial, right? And every day is of this commercial shoot is fucking expensive, right? So every day, <laughs> the director's fee is however many tens of thousands per day. The producer fee is tens of thousands. The production company fee, like we're all getting paid. But it's really difficult because we've got to film all these different celebrities and they're dealing with their schedules. And then all of a sudden, we're supposed to shoot this footballer. And um, he's like, he ain't going to be able to show up. Can we reschedule? Now, obviously, like on a, on a practical level, that's like really bad. But the second we heard the news, we were damn near celebrating. <laughs> and this is the twisted world. Because, of course, if he doesn't show up, we still get paid. We still get paid, what do you mean you're cancelling the shoot two days before? We still get paid, but now we get paid to do nothing, and then we get paid again to do it whenever he is available. And it's like, wait, wait, at what point did we lose, like, the path of just wanting to make something good <laughs> and the best, most efficient way of doing it? But actually, it's a crazy world in producing sometimes. When things go wrong, your pocket gets lined. And that's stupid. It's I, I don't like that, actually. Yeah. But also just the way projects get funded. But I've had many opportunities to make movies in the past. And I've gone to Cannes Film Festival and had many award-winning shorts and various different things going on. In Congratulations. But when I looked into making independent films, it's crazy. It's just... In it's what ridiculous. way? Basically, the way films are funded. 
you would think, right, there's like this investors, right, or like the movie studios and they give money to like directors and writers to go make films and then they make a profit with those films and you get the money back. That's not how films are funded at all. Oh, right. Independent well, how, films. How does it How does it work? It works with hard money, soft money, tax credit. So basically, because England's got a treaty with Canada, and if you get a Canadian writer and a British director and a script from a mongoose, then all of a sudden, <laughs> basically, the governments will pay you money or give you back money for what you spend in their country. So these money gets kind of pieced together from all these random rich uncle and this one and that thing and da 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 da. Like it's weird. That's it makes so no weird. Sense. So who funds like music videos? Is it the record label? Yeah, it's the record label. It's straightforward. Record label pays for it. I mean, every now and again, you get a manager or an artist, and they have their own pockets lined. Like a lot of time, if I'm working with big, big, big. You know, those iconic artists, yeah. they are actually the ones calling the shots about money rather than the record label. But yeah, the, the, the big ones is often the managers and the artists themselves making the real decisions. Now how do they make the decision on how much to spend on these things? Because I mean, some videos look like, you know, fairly straightforward. And then you see other videos like, I don't know, Amigos video. And it's like ridiculous. Like everything is just over the top. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can tell it costs or it looks like it costs a mm-hmm. lot yeah like who decides the budget do you do you as the company say like this is our vision this is what it's going to cost and they basically no. say yes or no, no. Or so how's this, that this work? Is how it works the record label get in contact with you and they literally be like this is the song this is our budget and this is vaguely what we want you know and, and most of the time they give basically an open brief but they might say oh we want to do something performance heavy or you know she really wants to show off her acting skills and then they say the video budget is let's say 50k yeah and then you send them the treatment the other companies send them their treatments and then they pick their favorite treatment they want to go ahead with and they say boom we want this one send us a budget nice. but then we went from being the new kids on the block to being the OG, so now we could, you know, you can say, finesse well, something. You, if you want DAPS, you want Director X, well, you know, it's going to be this. <laughs> Speaking of DAPS, and you also work with OT, your other brother. Yeah, yeah. What is it like working with family? For us, it's really cool, man. It's really cool. I think um, we all get along, you know, as siblings. Some, some people don't get along with their siblings. So that's a non starter. But yeah, we all really get along. And um, I guess we're all pretty good at and dedicated to our craft so you know what i mean you know i i know if i ask daps to do a video if he asks me to do something or if i'm uh, you know ot sends me a script i know already you know what i mean people are gonna be sending their best i'm curious how you got them on board to be under a company under your own name like do they not want their own kind of like their own like legacy under their own names well, I think in some ways, that's that's the story of Daps, right? Mm. When Daps first started working with us, he, you know, he wasn't in, you know, he rapped or whatever. I don't think he'd ever touched the camera before. And so, yeah, it was just a thing of like, in fact, he actually was doing me a favor. I had a video in New York for Bashi and I was like, yo, and this is the story he tells. I don't actually remember this. So I'm, I'm <laughs> quoting his story. Apparently the story is true. I called him like, yo, I'm sending 20 grand to your bank account. You're producing a video on Friday figure out he says how i said google it (laughs) (laughs) so i threw him in the deep end like i trust him with my life so i knew he would catch the ball but at a certain point you know we signed him as a director 
It was like a huge look for him. He's on the same roster as Director X. Now he's getting his own jobs. And we started booking him jobs and jobs and jobs. Now he's making a name for himself. Yeah. So, you know, at a certain point, of course, he's going to outgrow the nest. Yeah. So now he has his own company. He's got his own creative role. And he's got his own director signed under him. You know what I mean? So he's got his own thing going as a director and as an entrepreneur as well. And so, you know what I mean? We kind of set a path and, you know, he's kind of taking it and, and growing into his own thing. Okay. My final question is, what is the best advice you've ever received and the worst advice you've ever received? Hmm. <sighs> I don't want to, I don't know what the worst advice is. I don't even know if that is. Uh, uh, I've got, I've got two for best advice. I don't have no time for worst advice. So my two best advice is when my mum convinced me that I shouldn't be a professional nanny and instead I could do something way better. <laughs> she was, she was right. Now I used to look after my nephew and I thought, this is great. I could just be a childminder and just chill with kids. I love them. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Yeah, that was some that was some good advice, mom. Um, and I was I was like, your mom, you're being sexist. Why can't a guy be a child? Man? <laughs> no, 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 no. So, um, and then, Finish. but yeah, and the other best advice I got was the uh, AC tell me, listen, Luti, and he was like, he was he was talking about a crew member who turned up late to a shoot, you know, and uh, he goes in his business, if you're early, you're on time, and if you're on time, you're late. No. And if you're late, you're fucked. Oh, wow. Time is money. Time is money. Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, thank you. And I look forward to meeting you one day in the flesh. How great was that? I feel motivated to do so much more. And I hope that you do too. If you want to find out more about Luti and his work, visit lutimedia.com or follow him on Instagram at Lutiseku. That's L-U-T-I-S-E-K-U. For updates on Wannabe, follow Content is Queen on Twitter at Content is Q-N and on Instagram at Content is Queen HQ. Content is Queen has now officially opened up two podcast studios in Peckham and in Somerset House for our members. If you have a story you are dying to tell through a podcast, then head to contentisqueen.org and join our waiting list to get access to our studio spaces. If you're enjoying this podcast, please do leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends via your Insta stories. I want to know what you're loving. We've pulled some amazing quotes from the episodes, which you can reshare via Instagram and Twitter. So please do so. This podcast is proudly a Content is Queen production. As always, huge love and hugs to Ellie Clifford for pulling this episode together. And thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.